let's um, let's introduce ourselves in this this beautiful episode of Corporate Lunch GQ's customer service and fine dining podcast about clothes and hats and haircuts and and um, dating dating advice. Uh, this is episode one hundred and fourteen. Fifteen. Fifth one hundred and fifteen. 115 beautiful episodes of Corporate Lunch. If you don't know what to give someone you love for the holidays, give them the gift of around 100 hours of us talking. Um, You can just send them a link with like some emojis and say, I'm sorry, I don't have any money or I don't know what you like or what size you are, but this podcast is okay. Um, So you guys want to hear the chair story? Yes. I just never seen you tweeted a brand before. Or like tag a brand before it was ever. Inst- it was an Instagram story. I'm actually I glad. Have, go I ahead. actually have seen Noah go off on UPS at <laughs> UPS on Twitter like multiple times, but I think you would always delete it after they would like help find your package or whatever. I'm but glad- those are some spicy customer service tweets. Yeah, I'm glad we're gonna get into this. I have, I guess, uh, a um, a little bit of. Uh, like a, this is a Karen, what you would call a Karen trait, right? Like complaining to management about uh, some injustice, some small injustice, the small injustice of commerce. Um, I have a really short, well, actually, I don't want to say I have like a short, uh, a low tolerance because some things are just egregious, such as the chair debacle. Um, I felt, I feel I was being generous. Um up to a point, but yes, I have had m- near meltdowns on social media as a result of like a, uh, you know, a tracking number that hasn't been updated or a package that's running a day behind schedule. I think we can all relate to that. Like you, your John is inbound. You plan your outfit for the next day around this new item of clothing. And then it gets lost in like the UPS matrix. And it just ruins your entire day. Or it's just pop it's off like on social in, media. It's in Canarsie for like three days. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know why. And you're Stuck like, I just drive to Canarsie. Maybe, maybe this fit is that important. It's Noah's a- rare Japanese hat made out of an endangered species is like impounded in the port of New York City. It needs to be taken out of the box so it can be aired. Otherwise, it will <laughs> impose. I mean. <laughs> Male, like package anxiety in New York and probably in other cities is like such a real thing, right? Because there's always the fear of something being stolen or left at the wrong stoop or like, you know, insecure. And then if you, and then you know that the delivery guys, like as much as I respect them, like will sometimes just kind of not really ring the bell or something or ring the wrong bell. They don't try always all that hard, it seems, to find you. And then if they don't find you, you're left with like some slip of paper that says you have to come pick up your package like in some other county. It's crazy. So yeah, I mean, there is anxiety associated with package deliveries in New York. And then just the, you know, the delayed excitement, the anticipation and then, and then delayed excitement is just, uh, can be too much to bear. But at the same time, I do want to give a big shout out to, to uh, UPS, FedEx, DHL, the postal service, especially keeping us, uh, keeping us drip through these, through these strange and challenging times. I did it. I went, I went full Karen on Instagram over a chair I purchased and received in basically destroyed unusable condition. 
um, not because of it, like not something that happened in shipping. It was literally shipped exactly as they intended it to be, which was falling apart and covered in glue. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what is shocking to me about this, in addition to your carrying out on this brand on social media, is that you ordered a knockoff version of something, yeah. which I, mean, I feel like, uh, we've been doing this for 115 episodes and like every episode you're always like don't buy the fake thing buy the real thing man and yeah. you didn't follow your own advice and I feel in a certain way you clowned yourself I played myself so many times in this debacle I mean for sure like the vulnerability uh exposing myself with with the rant was one you know, that had to include some detail about the item that was purchased, which revealed that it was in fact a knockoff. Um, that's another. It was also a sheepskin chair, which is a slightly embarrassing thing to buy to begin with. Um, why? I don't know. I got a lot of comments that were like, yo dog, why are you buying soft chairs? <laughs> <laughs> the hard clothes man needs a soft chair. Yeah, that was I, that. part of the deal with having hard clothes is you have to find softness elsewhere in your life but um what, what was the original what's the original sheepskin chair it's called the clam chair designed by some guy named arctander like it's like a swedish 40s or 50s design i think and it's Tight. just this incredible um simple chair with wooden arms and wooden legs and um kind of like what appears to be like a one-piece back and seat that's sort of rounded vaguely reminiscent of a clamshell, I guess. And they're classically done in sheepskin. And they tend to, like a good, any kind of vintage, like authentic version is in the neighborhood of like 15 to $20,000. So like to borderline museum piece, I guess I would say. This is for like a white sheepskin chair, which, um, but uh, I did, I did, I made the fatal mistake. I was tempted by the fruits of uh, replica marketing and I blew it. I blew it for myself, for my family, for all of my friends and followers. Uh, it disappointed everyone. And that, I think that ha coming clean, sharing the story was really part of beginning to heal um, for me. I needed a chair, chairs are hard to shop for. You know, I spent weeks and weeks and weeks looking and hunting and just kept like hitting dead ends and basically being cheap about it. Um, and then I just kind of impulsively pulled the trigger on this thing from a, a, a known maker of replica furniture that has a good reputation. And that was the one thing I like heard from people that they were good. So don't trust anyone is another lesson to be learned. Not even people you like. This concludes the press conference. No further questions, please. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, people, the, the social media call out is, is deeply embarrassing. Like the best version of it is blue check marks on Twitter going in on airlines for like delays. That is yeah. like peak. And like, I get it. Cause it's, it's what you do in a moment of like total helplessness when you think, oh, you have leverage on this platform. And frankly, like social media managers somehow are able to make more happens sometimes than customer service can. And 
in a moment of desperation, you, you go there and maybe hoping you get like an upgrade or a free drink or something out of it. So did they respond to you? <laughs> uh, um, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to discuss <laughs> what, what steps have been taken. Um, I think I'll say that no, nothing happened on Instagram. There was, it was crickets. What happened on Instagram though was just a fantastic outpouring of comments and uh, DMs from friends and strangers. That was just like a hilarious mix of advice on what to do. And um, frankly, a lot of respect for my bravery in speaking out. And almost no one clowned me. Only one person called me Karen and it's a good friend who's just an asshole. But um, it wasn't as, I was, it was, it warmed my heart, the, the response. It's actually, if you're ever feeling down, maybe just make up like, some like bad takeout experience where they didn't bring their food or it was cold or something. Um, and that's a good way to get people to kind of rally around you with positivity. I forgot um, you young. also had a weird takeout thing like a year ago. <laughs> that's, pr that's private and I've never shared that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most, well, that's the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, <laughs> I had, a, I had a takeout experience fall apart. And in a moment of, again, I'm very impulsive and emotional in these situations. I, I didn't know what to do. The order was over and I wrote like a negative Yelp review or something. That no was way. like, I'm just trying to feed my family. Food <laughs> is so late. The owner of the restaurant called me within 60 seconds of the comment wow. being published. And he was irate and like threatening. So be careful about um, leaving comments. But that's yeah, all. He's just trying to. He's just trying to feed his family too, you know. I know, and I have since ordered from that restaurant <laughs> multiple other times, and I always um, tip well, and the food is always very good. Yeah, this stuff is hard to talk about, but we have to normalize. We have to normalize customer service meltdowns and adding brands um, when you when you're at the end of your rope. I actually, I wasn't just trying to shame the brand and force their hand, although that was, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't part of it, but I was kind of like looking for advice. Like, what do you do when you just get screwed and you, you like, they've got your money and you've got some garbage and I can't like walk it into a store and like, and bark at some manager that way. And there is something you can do. Many, many people suggested this to me. I won't say whether or not I've taken this step, but you can do a, you just call your credit card company. Visa or Amex, for those who have credit cards. MasterCard, Discover. <laughs> Diners Club. They're, they're more incentivized to resolve the issue for you. And they will, they can and will often, if you, you know, don't abuse it or something, uh, if you're being honest, they, they can, they can handle it on your behalf and often do. So that's what I learned. And that was part of my out, my outreach to the community was for some help and I got it. And um, now hopefully soon this, this chapter in my life will be behind, behind us. Anyway, what else is on the docket? I can't, I've already. Yeah, what's our talk, next topic? <laughs> we're gonna talk for the rest of this episode. Talk a video game and Dior. What did Dior do? I was the Kenny, it was the Kenny Sharp collaboration, but the coolest part was the hair, which was really cool. 
Guido Palau. Guido, that's the guy, the main guy. Yeah. All I want for Christmas is Guido Palau to come over to my apartment and just fuck up my hair. I would do anything for Guido Palau to fuck up my hair. He's made all the important hair. He and Jawara have made all the important hairstyles this year. What do you think of what do you think of one time like an hour long session with Guido costs like a styling session a little cotton style like ten thousand dollars yeah thousands of dollars wait so what are the can we Rachel can we get a fashion world update right now there's fashion shows happening I'm not sure why what what yeah they just don't looking? stop yeah they never we're st- looking well here's what happened is that. A bunch of the brands, especially the ones that are owned by Caring, are like not going on the schedule anymore, right? Yeah. So like Saint Laurent is showing next week, and uh, Gucci showed a couple of weeks ago, and Dior right now is showing their pre-fall collection. Oh right, and what did Balenciaga and- just show, or what was the Balenciaga video game collection? That was their spring summer twenty one collection. Oh wow! So we're just all yeah. there's just no. It makes none of it makes any sense. Well, I think the thing that is cool about Balenciaga, Gucci, and Saint Laurent is that they are all caring brands, and it seems like the caring brands are more dedicated to like experimenting with like when they're showing and what they're showing and how. Yeah. Right, because Gucci did this like cool video this like film festival and did all of these like mini films for lots of like emerging designers, which was really cool. And um, St. Laurent is like, we're just kind of showing on our own schedule. And then Balenciaga is doing the same thing and did this cool video game and did this super good sunglasses at night video. So it is kind of nice that these huge corporate brands are taking seriously the idea that maybe we shouldn't do things in the normal way and they seem to be doing things that are like maybe more experimental than what other like lvmh brands are doing like a video game is a pretty wild did you guys play the game no what's what's it like i mean i don't you start going through a balenciaga store and then you (laughs) you go to like a night rave (laughs) and (laughs) um and then you walk around like city streets and then eventually you get to like a mind garden and you do a breathing exercise. I wouldn't, it's it's the most, it's like one of the most beautifully rendered things I've ever seen. But in terms of like, as a woman who grew up playing Mortal Kombat <laughs> with her older brother, I didn't find it particularly challenging. Are you gonna buy the Mortal Kombat Supreme game console? Yeah, you need that, Rachel. Yeah, I think I do need so, that. I guess it probably dropped two hours ago. Sorry. Oh, God. Once the, again. So the Balenciaga video game was, it was like gamified, like it involved, it was some kind of mission that involved, what do you call, like, it wasn't just walking from one place to the other. There was a... Uh, it's like Grand Theft Auto, but you're wearing Balenciaga and you're surrounded by Balenciaga models and like, but you also like can't really do anything. You can't like kill people or steal cars or get chased by the police. <laughs> but if you're wearing Balenciaga in real life, you can absolutely do those things. Yeah. And then at the end, you pull the sword out of a stone, like a sort of Excalibur vibe. Because the other thing that, that I was really surprised to find 
is that the boots, you know, those boots, the, the crazy armor boots. Yeah. So one of my friends who's in Europe went to the showroom to look at the clothing and the boots are like rubber. Oh, they're really? soft. Yeah. Which is really, I didn't expect that at all, but yeah. I think they're like really light actually. You gotta see clothes in person. That's right. What everything is like medieval themed. What's going on with that? Some of it's medieval because fashion is armor. <laughs> some of it, uh, and then some of it is just like parkas and like hoodies and you know crazy jeans with this apron that's sh- cargo shorts that like ties on. I guess if they were metal, that would definitely be like taking hard clothes to the next level. Yeah. They're still hard clothes, though, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think the cool thing about Balenciaga in terms of the hard v. soft clothing debate is that it all looks really hard. Like, it all looks really um, like it was manufactured at the most, like, advanced sci-fi organization in the world. Definitely. Are these, Is the Balenciaga lookbook that's, like, on Vogue Runway all renderings or are they real people wearing clothes i can't even tell it's like a mixture of both no um but if you go to the if you go to the website for the video game you can look at the lookbook and you can pivot things around like 360 and tilt things up and down um in the way that you can when you're like selecting a player in a video game it's pretty cool where does blenciaga go from here what's next where does Couture? Yes, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a custom Couture suit of armor. When is that made happening? of real made of real armor? Is our Couture show scheduled? Like, is that happening? Yeah, for July of next year. Oh wow! Yeah, and then Dior just showed it, the Kenny Scharf collection. Yeah, and that was. That is their pre-fall collection, which is what normally happens now. Because remember, this is when the Stussy collaboration dropped last year. Right, in Miami. In Art Basel. Um, How could we forget? How (laughs) could we forget? Uh, Kim Jones really digging deep into the... uh, Not digging deep. I was going full, full committing to the collaboration. Does he just do it with with in-between collections? Like to do a whole collection that's just... Kenny Sharp or a whole collection that's Stussy? It's such a- No, because he did the, I think every every collection is technically a collaboration except for the Judy Blame collection, which was more of an homage. Um, But the coolest thing about that collection, I thought was the hair by the god Guido Palau. They had little buns. So they had a couple of different hairstyles. They had the two buns on top of the hair. And then they had these, I presume they were wigs. Sam, you might know, but they were like <laughs> this like mini, like a micro bowl cut. The micro bowl cut is so out of control. Incredible. I actually don't. Um, one of my friends was in this show and he got like a big, he got like a major like, like cropped e-boy cut with like the sort of swoop, like floppy bangs parted in the middle with like a little yeah. light bleaching on the ends. And I think that that was his real hair. And I hope that he keeps it that way. I mean, that's amazing. It looks fucking tight. 
I didn't really, I haven't seen Guido Palau do much men's, do many men's fashion shows before. Cause he's kind of, he's like the dude at Valentino who does these crazy like couture, like crash helmet hairdos. Um, so I primarily knew him from his women's wear work. Um, and he has like the most amazing Instagram that's like, just all of these in totally insane hairstyles that are very kind of like uh like a 1950s movie star having some kind of like really serious nervous breakdown which is a nice vibe dropping some hair some some bts of the hair process in the chat this is your homie sam shout out to the good homie dominic wow (laughs) it's pretty glamorous video of a model sleeping with uh Lots of, lots of gears in hair in his hair. Lots of clips. I think the beret might be the, uh, the next big menswear hair accessory. Maybe the first menswear hair accessory. Barrettes. Yeah. Just walk around with like a little clip in your hair. Yeah, I think you're right, Sam. Or like what? a big clip. <laughs> yeah, just one huge like one of those big claw ones. Uh huh. Well, do you have any um, cool thoughts about um, Francis McDormand wearing Fear of God on the cover of Vogue? Yeah, I think um, it seems like the people at Vogue are really uh, enjoying their subscription to GQ magazine. <laughs> <laughs> this cover is freaking tight. I know. It's really great. She looks awesome in Fear of God. That's a nice, pretty, pretty, pretty heavyweight credit for Jerry Lorenzo there, I'd say. Yeah, I think it is a heavyweight credit. I would wear this outfit, probably. It looked really cool uh, buttoned up in the lookbook, I thought. They showed it with, like, the jacket is fastened in the lookbook. It's very nice. Very Armani. Do you think that was the first time someone was wearing a hoodie on the cover of Vogue? <laughs> no, probably not, but it's a notable I one. mean, Anna's first cover, uh, the model was wearing a LaCroix sweatshirt. Don't you forget, Sam. Come on, Sam. How could I? As everyone knows. What's on your guys' holiday wish list? What's in your guys' holiday gift guides? I need to get something off of my chest. All right. Okay. Last week, it was creative directors. And this week, it's quirky gift guides. Every day, someone's like, hey, like, I have a offbeat curation of crazy gifts from all my cool friends or like my amazing mind palace save it everyone everyone is like your ass i'm neiman marcus and this is my fantasy gift guide and it's all dumb garbage that nobody wants like you're not gonna buy your friends any of this dumb stuff all right well what's the right stuff to be in your holiday gift guide I'm so glad you asked because here's my quirky holiday gift guide. Okay, first of all. Rachel picks up a notebook. (laughs) A Kermit Oliver Airmen scarf. Okay. Does Kermit, I know, I think I've asked this before, but are they still producing new designs by him? Or like, are they in circulation at Hermes stores? Yeah. You don't have to get the vintage, I'm saying? You don't have to, but I don't think they're, I don't think they have, I don't think you could just go into any Hermes store and they're going to guaranteed have a Kermit Oliver in stock. But they might. But they might. Okay. 
All right. Okay. Second, socks from Front General Store. Uh, the best socks. They're made in Japan at the same factory that um, I think Undercover makes their socks at. I don't have any Undercover socks, but that must be good. Are they like a crew sock or like a rag sock? What is it? They're ribbed dress socks. Wow. I have the white ones. You've seen me, you've seen me wear them before. Co- yeah, the white and ones commented on their sheer beauty. $18. Beautiful gift. Okay. My next gift on the quirky Rachel gift guide. A box of oranges. That's a nice So one. good. Yeah. Isn't that a great gift? <laughs> okay. Now we're getting into the really sexy stuff. A ski suit. Okay. <laughs> Because everyone's going to, you want that. You're going to be outside socializing during the winter. It's going to be a snowy winter too. The next gift is a beautiful sweater, either by Lauren Manoogian or from O'Connell's. And then the last gift, and this is like, if you just really want to show someone that you really care at like an unbelievable level and you want them like on their deathbed to be like just saying your name is a pair of Porsche Carrera sunglasses. Wow. Really? Why? Why those? Because Yoko Ono had them. Has them. <laughs> what's the what's the price point on those bad boys? I was looking at some this morning and I found them used like a beautiful like kind of goldish used pair for well they were on a british website so they were 495 pounds which i don't i mean that's like 600 dollars. Hmm. sam what's in your quirky holiday gift guide i don't have a quirky holiday gift guide because i took rachel's advice and and didn't make one yeah i'm, really... <laughs> I'm not neiman marcus I think we should just leave it at that. But do you have any, um, do you have a wish list? Do you have rule, gift giving or receiving rules by which you live? Um, I think a lot of gift giving is, um, it's really all about like, sub, it's, it's about subverting the gift guide industrial complex. Like there are certain things that that are just so obviously like just teed up for you to buy someone as a gift like a candle at Nordstrom or a little cocktail pre-made kit or something, just like random doodads that like might be sort of exciting to unwrap and receive in the moment. But at the end, at the end of the day, like they don't, they don't, I guess, project thoughtfulness or a deep intimate knowledge of like what someone desires and wants and, and needs in their life. So I would say just the, the number one thing is just like avoiding the, cookie cutter, giftable items that it's the types of things that you only encounter once a year, which is like from December 1st to December 20th. So what's on your wish list? Like a a wish list, I- A mix CD? I said something meaningful, like a mix CD? Just a hot girl Spotify playlist. Now, um, I did ask for a um, a knit polo shirt, polo Mm -hmm. sweater from Bodie cool new brand that i found um it has it has these like little ceramic buttons or maybe i guess they're glass buttons actually that are just very beautiful and it's brown with red tipped collar 
and then I asked for a pink Our Legacy shirt. You asked Santa Claus for these things? I asked Santa Claus, yeah. But I've been kind of bad this year, so I think I'm just going to get cold. My Christmas gift, my first Christmas gift that I received this year is Sam saying doodads. <laughs> he did say doodads, didn't he? Yeah, he did. No, what, are, what did you ask Santa for? Um, I don't have a, I don't have a goddamn thing in mind. Um, World peace. But I can, I can make a suggestion or two. Well, there's a few things that I'm into right now. Um, first, the first gift, the first um, gift guide item or suggestion is to make something by hand. And that's a good gift. That's a good way. And you still have time. And I think a good way to do this, although not super easy, because you do need some tools and a little bit of um, a little bit of know-how, is just to get your Donald Judd on. Just knock off some Donald Judd with like some wood scraps you find around. Just make boxes, and you could even make yourself a tiny wooden stool, um, rather than getting a primitive one or a French modern one for thousands of dollars. You could make your own pretty cool Judd-esque wooden stool um and people just go crazy for that i know can you make me a judd daybed yeah probably i mean i don't know (laughs) they're pretty easy to make yeah you just need a lot of wood um that's at the top of my list now for you to get me (laughs) the second gift idea i have is something that everyone needs right now and that's a gotland sheepskin Gotland sheep are the best. I think they tend to be like Swedish or Norwegian or something. And they have like a curlier hair and really nice gray and silver colors. And uh, that's just something to like lay down on or put on a, a chair. Like if you happen to have tried to attempted to buy a sheepskin chair and it turned out to be defective and you had to return it slash have a public meltdown about it, you could just buy yourself a Gotland sheepskin and not, and just put it on any chair and, skip that whole rigmarole. Um, So that's the second doodad. And then the third doodad that I'm into, this is a very popular item. Maybe one of the number one items for cool people is glassware by Aspen Hand. Um, And she, they're kind of famous for the glasses that have like colorful nipples all over them, which are kind of insane. But I also like their other tumblers and glasses that are just colorful and they don't have nipples, but um, I think that's a big one. That's for like someone you really want to impress or drink with, hydrate with. Was that, that wasn't a very inspired, that was a pretty good gift guide actually, I would say. I thought that was great. Um, Another good gift idea would be to build an enormous fire, like a bonfire. I think like if you take a bunch of pallets and just tear them all down into planks of wood and make a pile and throw some gasoline on it, and throw a match on it and then put on like at night on a cold night and go stand by it and um drink and smoke and talk like that would be a really good gift idea like for your homies my gift to the homies the best gift you can give this holiday season is just a smooch to your homies (laughs) no don't touch you're gonna spray them with all your bad aerosols well rachel obviously wins the gift guide competition um, competition. Sam lose. I get second place. Sam gets third. 
good luck. I don't know. Maybe this is a year of, this is a year either to go crazy with gifts because you haven't like norm, you didn't spend all your money on like eating out and doing drugs and stuff. So you have all this extra cash and you just need to blow it all on your homies and loved ones before the end of the year or it's yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's a year of just no gifts, austerity holidays and just um, maybe save it for next year and just go big next year and just let's just get through this year and just put it behind us. All right. That concludes um, the gift guide special chairgate episode 115 of corporate lunch. And um, I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening, for being with us this year. Hopefully we'll do a few more before the end of the year. Right guys. You think? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We'll do one next week. New year's resolutions coming up style resolutions coming up if you purchased a corporate lunch hat from shop.gq.com and it's arrived please send us your fit pics send me a fit pic of you wearing it definitely and if you haven't purchased one then that's at the top of your gift list now so there you go free idea shop.gq.com big box of oranges and a hat that's all you need. Yep. All right, later, guys. Bye. Bye.